This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MedShare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg, and we are your fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win while also finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing. I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It Ministry studio in Charlotte, North Carolina, as we are a part of the Unpacking It Podcast Network. We've got a fun show in store, as always, as we prepare for week nine. Wow. Fantasy season is flying by. The fall is flying by. But week in, week out, we continue to see entertaining football in the NFL. Lots of scoring this past weekend. And so that bodes well for us as fantasy managers. Some of my scores in my leagues, uh, as high as they've been, uh, which is crazy to think, you know, some guys are on buys yet. We've got, we've got players putting up three touchdown games, multiple, multiple players, McCaffrey, AJ Brown. Uh, you got huge scoring outputs from the uh, Camara and Tyreek Hill and the, the list goes on and, and Derek Henry. And, and so the, to me, the theme from this past weekend, studs will be studs. And we're seeing a lot of the first round picks, the second round picks really come through. And, and some of those guys, maybe a little slow start or inconsistency, but now is the meat of the season. The, the studs start to rock and roll. And, and so we are, we're seeing that. So we'll discuss uh, a lot of those players today. However, there is one player that many people took first overall, and I ended up taking him second overall, but Jonathan Taylor. What are we doing? So we'll do a little peace or panic today, and he's got to be on that list. I mean, what what is going on in Indy with that with that offense and running the ball? And now Naeem Hines might even get traded. So uh, so a lot to get to there as well. We are brought to you by MediShare. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. MediShare.com/slash unpacking it. MediShare has options for you. It is open enrollment. Uh, and so members on average save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. So go get a quote, figure out if that's going to be the best option for you and your family. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right, let's say hello to Harrison. And Harrison, it sounds like you had a tough fantasy weekend, but what is your big, big takeaway from week eight as we, uh, we turn the corner to week nine? Yeah, it was really funny for me because on the last podcast, we came in and we said, you know, offense is down in the NFL. 
fantasy production is down, what's going on. And then this week we have probably the highest scoring week of the season. It seemed like every single game was, you know, 38 to 34 and there was just touchdowns all over the place, three touchdown performances, which was crazy to see right after, you know, the beginning of the season where we had no offense to, to be found anywhere. Um, but the big takeaway for me was how much it really matters to have those first two round studs on your team actually turn out to be studs. Yeah. By far, my worst team this year is, is not doing very well. I'm two and six. And that's because I had Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams as my first uh. two picks who have given me zero production throughout the whole season. I've been relying on waivers and guys that have taken the later round to break out. So even though like I've gotten a couple wins and I've been competitive pretty much every week. It is really hard to have those monster, you know, 140, 150 point weeks when you don't have those studs at the top of your lineup. So I went one and two this week, but the big hit for me was that my undefeated team that I had finally lost. I'm now ah. seven and one. I knew it had to come at some point. I thought it wasn't going to be this week because I was looking good until my opponent had one Tony Pollard, who was just amazing. And then Nick Chubb last night took me down, outscored me. I lost about seven points because Nick Chubb had an unbelievable Big game night. against the Bengals. And then in my other league that, like I said, is not doing so well without Jonathan Taylor, um, I only scored 77 points. And Ooh. that was from a combined zero from Rashad Bateman, who I didn't want to start him, but I kind of panicked and put him in my lineup because I saw that Alan Lazard was going to be out. And Lamar was like, yeah, I got all my weapons back. We're good to go. And then Rashad Bateman just never stepped on the field. So I really regret that. And then I got 1.9 from Derek Carr as well, along with 5.6 from Jonathan Taylor. So I don't know what to do now with that. Do I bench Jonathan Taylor? Because he has just been terrible in the last couple of weeks. So my one final note on that matchup, my opponent didn't do much better. He only scored 101. So it was a competitive game for a while. And so he kind of pulled away at the end. But 32 of those 101 points came from Dante Foreman. Deontay Foreman is one of those guys that, man, I wish I would have picked up. That's the woulda, coulda, shoulda for me because he looks like Derrick Henry out there. I mean, a little easy, pump the brakes there, Bryce. But, uh, but that, I mean, that's, what, that's how he plays. That's his style. He is a bruiser and getting into the end zone uh, very, very impressive. So Foreman uh, has been has just been awesome, Harrison. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we talked about him um, a, a couple of weeks ago, saying that you know he's a pickup, he's a guy that you need to get in your lineup. But I don't think anyone expected a thirty point performance from Dante Foreman with the way the Panthers' offense had been looking and PJ Walker taking over. Like, oh, he could probably give you you know a nice 10, 15 in your flex. But he's he's a legitimate like number one running back now who's being used as such in this yeah. Carolina offense. And, and really, we shouldn't be that surprised. He came out of Texas and, and was a big time running back. Didn't work out uh, injury wise in in Houston, and then has bounced around. We see this every couple of years where somebody that we thought was going to be really good just takes a little while to get going, and and then they emerge in the right situation. And and I think Foreman is that guy this year especially for, for fantasy purposes. Uh, I don't know if it'll result in many wins for my Panthers, but man, what a day for him. Uh, some other fantasy shenanigans on, on my end. Uh, I wasn't able to pull another 5-0, and but I did get a 4-1 and this week, uh, which was nice. Some buys kind of hurt me in my other league, but uh, a couple of crazy things that happened. So I ended up deciding to drop Russell Wilson. So I am freed from 
the the let's ride Russell Wilson disaster ride. Um, and so thankfully I started Jimmy G, but then Jimmy G is throwing it to Christian McCaffrey, who's throwing touchdowns. So it's always funny when you when you have a quarterback who is a part of a big time play, but he isn't scoring. What are we doing? What are we doing, Jimmy G? So I'm excited on the CMC side, uh, but that that actually takes away. So we celebrate what CMC did. He ran one, threw one, caught one, but it also takes away. So we have to remember that. Uh, the other thing, we mentioned Jonathan Taylor. He's out there blocking for Naeem Hines. So I have Jonathan Taylor. I need him to get into the end zone, but instead he is blocking to help Hines get into the end zone. So that was frustrating this week. And then get this. How about this shenanigans? Or is it is it is it uh, singular or plural? Shenanigan. Uh, at one point on Sunday, two of my leagues, my score was 116. I, I just found that to be fascinating. How do two different leagues, different score or different kind of roster makeup, 116 points? So uh, that was remarkable, just to kind of one of those wild times. And then real quickly, I, I want to share something. So we've talked about the quarterback situation this year in fantasy. It's been very unpredictable, hard to kind of grasp what's going on. We know we can trust Josh Allen. We know we could trust Mahomes. Jalen Hurts has been, has been unbelievable. But after that, it is a roll the dice. But guess what? I started Derek Carr this week. He scored .44. 0.44, let that set in. However, my team still put up 153 points. Thank you, Saquon. Thank you, Travis Etienne, Cooper Cup, Brandon Ayuk, Tony Pollard. That was the lineup that I had, and it, it makes you think, wait, do I even need a quarterback? I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm dropping 153, and those guys are studs. Barkley, for sure, doing it all season long. Travis Etienne, he is here to stay. Doesn't matter if Jacksonville wins games. He's a stud running back. Of course, Cooper Cup, we need him to be healthy. Hopefully that ankle isn't a big issue. I think Brandon Ayuk getting the opportunity with Debo out. Even so, Brandon Ayuk throughout the rest of the way, I think will be very productive uh, just because this offense is going to be great. So I am all in on San Francisco. On yesterday's podcast, I said they're going to the Super Bowl. And so for fantasy purposes, I'm in on everybody. Jimmy G, CMC. Debo, whenever he's healthy, and then Ayuk, and then even Kittle. We're finally excited about Kittle again, uh, which is nice. So there's some uh, shenanigans from the weekend, and, and I do want to jump into some accountability as well. And, and I want to start with these studs that we're talking about this week that had big weeks. Well, three guys that I avoided in all five of my leagues, I was totally wrong. I was totally wrong to do this. I confess I'm a, I'm a silly man, I'm a moron, whatever you want to say, but to not get Tyreek Hill and this Miami offense, I don't have Hill, I don't have Waddle, I'm totally missing out on them. I, I totally o overlooked Alvin Kamara. Nah, he's washed up, forget about it, no thanks. And then Derrick Henry. I was out on the Titans. I thought they were done. I thought they weren't going to do anything. Derrick Henry coming back from injury, eh, no thanks. He's a beast. He's dominating. And, and even in fantasy, he's 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 delivering for owners that took him uh, probably top five, probably top five. So uh, that's what I'm accountable for this week. What about for you, Harrison? I was thinking the exact same thing about completely missing the Miami Dolphins breakout. Now, I was a big fan of the Miami Dolphins running backs. I liked Chase Edmonds a lot in the offense. He's done absolutely nothing. But Tyreek and Waddle and Tua, they have been electric all season. And I'm, I'm really upset at myself for not seeing that 
because we knew the talent was there. It was just, are there going to be too many mouths to feed? Even Gasicki's gotten involved and been a solid yes. tight end if you pick him up, which I know we were both really out on Mike Gasicki. So that's probably the same line of thought for me is, you know, the Dolphins just coming out of nowhere and having one of the best offenses in the NFL. And I don't think it's going anywhere. If two is out there and, he, and he's healthy, and, and really my philosophy on Tyree Kill has been uh, kind of the boomer bust guy. And, and, and part of that probably was Kansas City just because they've always had so many weapons and, and their offense can do a lot of different things. But in Miami, they're going to rely on Tyree Kill. I mean, he, he's going to make that, that offense go, and, and then other guys kind of can you know, benefit from that as well. But it's, it's all about Tyreek down in Miami. So you're, you're loving life if you got him. Um, and actually I happened to pick up to a, somebody dropped him a couple weeks ago. So I I'm excited. I was one league. I've got Lamar Jackson, Tua and Kirk cousins. I got to make a trade, figure something out there. Um, so that's where we, uh, we, we whiffed, um, a couple other things just to uh, be honest or where I'm at, where I'm at, as far as managing goes <laughs> this past week, I, I benched Kyle Pitts, uh, but to see him have a nice game in Atlanta is encouraging. So he will be back into uh, my starting lineup. Uh, and then also, I did play Romeo Dobbs. After that zero the week before, there was a lot of concern on this show. And I, I was about to give up on him, but I did not give up on him. I still played him in the flex this week, and uh, and he produced. He was solid. An unbelievable catch. One of the great catches from the weekend uh, for, for Romeo. So uh, so that was, that was exciting. Um, all right, let's switch gears to some of the other uh, uh, positive things from the weekend, some guys that, that we're really excited about. And we, we say, that's what I'm talking about. Um, Tony Pollard. So the Dallas Cowboys continue to win. And the defense is unbelievable. But the running game from a fantasy perspective is what we've been wondering about. We've been focused on. And I, I've, for years, I'm, I've been in the Tony ba Pollard corner feed the man, give him more carries. He's the guy. But what's fascinating is he gets to start. He only needed 14 attempts to get three touchdowns, 131 rushing yards. And that is a wonderful fantasy day. Keep that going. Keep that same kind of production going. And, and Dallas, figure out a way to get him at least 14, 14 touches. And that may be all he needs. Uh, but he's your guy. And, and it, you know, Zeke, the one-two punch, that's fine. But Pollard, he should be in starting lineups the rest of the way in fantasy if, if Dallas does what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Pollard. I mean, we knew the talent was there. It's just the stubbornness of giving Ezekiel Elliott 20 carries a game and, and Pollard only six. We'll see if that changes when Zeke comes back. <clears throat> but another sort of accountability on my front was last week I said Justin Fields was legit. And that kind of paid off. He had a great game against Dallas. But about 10 minutes before that game started, I was looking at waivers, saw Justin Fields was available, and I was like, you know what? Do, do, I, do I pick him up and ride with Justin Fields? I made this take that he, he was going to be great for the rest of the fantasy season. I ended up not doing it. Like I said before, Derek Carr only scored one point for me. Fields got 26. So that was a, a mismanagement Oof. in my lineup for me. But one thing that did feel great was after David and Joku went down uh, with injury, I went and I picked up Greg Dolchich from Denver, who last week I said was going to be a breakout tight end for the rest of the season. He had four, four receptions for 87 yards, great game. And there was another throw late in the game where he had about, you know, no one within 20 yards of him down the field. Would have been a 60-yard walk-in touchdown and Russ completely missed him, threw it 
20 yards away from him being incompletion. So he could even have had a bigger day if they had connected on that throw. So I'm really liking what, what Greg is going to do in this offense. Big Greg, he's, he's here. He's here to stay. So I don't want any Denver. I get him out. I try. I wish I didn't have Cortland Sutton. He's the, the lone man that's still on my rosters, but I don't want to see any Denver. And I know they won, but they won in London. If you win in London, it barely counts. Nobody saw it. It was on ESPN plus. I tried logging in. I have ESPN plus. I still couldn't get in. It's like such a hassle. I'm like, all right, forget it. I'm not watching this. Um, so, and I was at church, not, not to mention that, but, uh, but anyway, I'm out on Denver. I don't care that they won. They're not turning things around. So I'm glad your, your boy Dolchich. That's a fun name. Dolchich. Dolchich. Uh, nice, nice game for him. Um, the other thing that I'm excited about, and, and I will mention this every single week, and I continue to encourage you to trade for him. I, I can't imagine he's on waiver wire, but Khalil Herbert. Go after him, baby. He keeps getting more and more production, more and more carries in Chicago. Our boy Kaz, big Bears fan, he's listening now. I see him chiming in on the chat. Herbert's the guy. So Montgomery is still, I was reading today, he's still probably a, a flex guy, but, but Herbert also is a flex guy. And as the season goes on, don't be surprised if Herbert is more of that RB2 down the stretch. And you mentioned Justin Fields playing pretty well too. Um, so that I think that makes that whole offense go. Uh, which is encouraging. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we're going to jump into our breakout. We'll hear from Harrison. We'll talk more waiver wire, and, and we'll ask Harrison about a couple teams if he believes they are legit uh, down the stretch. Uh, but each week we do a breakout here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, and we take a fantasy concept. We relate it to the Bible. We, re re we relate it to our own lives. And today uh, I want to talk about the role that we play as fantasy managers. And I do believe we have a lot of control because each week it's up to us to make, you know, wise decisions with our lineup, how we approach the waiver wire, you know, go back to the draft and, and, and drafting the right players. And, and we do the best we can with the information that we have each step along the way. And, and so we, you know, we got to watch the games and, and figure out, okay, this guy looks good. I like that guy. This is going to be, this is going to be awesome. And so that's why, you know, if you watch, if you watch Tony Pollard, you know, he's good. So you just got to wait for that opportunity. But when the NFL games kick off at that point, we have to sort of let go as fantasy managers, because once our lineup is set, we have no more control because the games begin. And, and, and the thing we could control is what we're watching. But, but other than that, we sit back in our, I'm back in my recliner. I've got, you know, three TVs rolling, two clickers. Um, the one just stays on the, uh, the red zone channel, but, uh, but, 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 but that's what as fantasy managers, we set our lineup, we hit submit, and then it's up to these guys. It's up to the players to, to score touchdowns. It's up to the coaches to call plays. But what do we do from the recliner? Run, run the ball, run the ball. No, no, no. Don't pitch it to Naeem Hines. Give it to Jonathan Taylor. Give it to Taylor. The, the Michael Pittman had one right at the end zone. I wanted him to get in, but he was he was stopped short. And we're like, no, 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 inch it one more, one more inch, get into the end zone. Yet we're reminded we don't have control there. We 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 set our lineup, we did the best we could, and then we have to let go. And and whatever ends up happening, uh, it kind of happens in in fantasy and, and in, in the NFL. And you know, it, it's hard not to get mad or disappointed that we can't tell you know, Sean McVay to hand the ball off to this guy, or we can't tell Matthew Stafford to throw the ball 
to Allen Robinson here. You know, whatever it is, we, we're, we're, we're limited in that. And, and so we could get frustrated and upset, but we just sort of have to accept the reality of, of what it is in, in playing fantasy football. And so here, here's the deal. Uh, you know, in our own lives, we also try to control situations. Sometimes we try to control others. Uh, we try to control our, our circumstances. And the reality is, you know, we, we have control of some things. We control our attitude. We control wise decisions. You know, we control uh, the inputs in our lives. You know, what, what are we listening to, watching? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? All of that we have control of. You know, are we going to get up Sunday morning and go to church? Uh, we have, you know, control over that. Am I going to get up and spend time with the Lord? Uh, am I going to pray? You know, all these things. Am I going to study God's word? We, we have control. But we also recognize that we have a lot out of our control. And the sooner we're willing to, you know, accept that and trust that God is in control, that we have a loving Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe, is in ultimate control. And he gives us freedom. He gives us free will. But he's in control. He is the God of the universe. And, and so uh, we can try to you know, control everything in our lives and, and control all of our circumstances. And um, <laughs> it, when we do that, though, what happens? We get angry. We get frustrated when things don't go exactly how we want them to. And we try to hold on so tightly that it ends up causing more uh, fear, frustration, worry, because we're trying to we're trying to make things happen. Well, it's all up to me. It's all up to me. I'm in control. I'm gonna pull myself up on my bootstraps, and I'm gonna go take on the world, and I'm gonna do it. And and, and we could go for that way for a little bit, but sooner or later we realize, wait, I'm not in control. And so the sooner we release that, we we release that that that, that holding on to trying to control everything, um, the better off we're gonna be because then we we put it put it in the hands of the Lord. And so um, here's uh, here's what it says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's, so instead of getting all worked up, instead of trying to control everything, Instead of, you know, the fear and the worry of, ah, oh, I got to go do this. I got to go do that. No, no, no. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. All right, Lord, here's what I need. Here's what's going on. I, I, I can't control this. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you with my circumstance. I'm, I'm trusting you with this decision. Give me the direction. Lord, give me peace so that I, that I know that, that you're with me and, and that this is the, the, the path that, that you want for me. Show it. Reveal it. Um, and so we go to him in prayer. Um, and then... You know, the other thing is, uh, as we prayerfully trust and remain patient, uh, instead of trying to control, you know, we, we can remember these other verses where it says, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. And so instead of trying to fight him all the time and, hey, I need you to do this or that and do it this way in this timing, we release it and say, God, you, you're above time. You, 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 you know what's best for me. You, you see how all these things are working together. And, and I can't see all that, you know, down, down the line. And so I trust you. I trust you, God. And, and so uh, we have to remember, too, uh, Proverbs 16, 9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. 
And, and again, Proverbs 19, uh, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. And, and so just like in fantasy, you know, we do what we're capable of doing and we give our best effort as we set our lineup, but then we sit back and, 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 and you know, in real life, we watch God move and do what he knows is best. And so, you know, it's like fantasy. You know, we try to tell Sean McVay the plays to call and Frank Reich what plays to call because we think we know what's best. But, but these guys, they, well, Frank Reich may be questionable, but some of these guys, they, they know what they're doing, right? And we're on the couch. And, and so we can 100% trust God that he knows what he's doing, that, that he, he has what's best for us, even though sometimes we, uh, we want it now or we want things a certain way. So uh, the encouragement today is as hard as it is to, to let go and, and trust the outcome of, of fantasy matchups, uh, let's be reminded that you know, we also control very little in life. But the things that we do control, we'll do the best we can. And then let's be reassured that as we place our hope and faith in Jesus, we can have peace in knowing the one who is in control will provide us the best outcome. And so we can release that and, and live with a lot more freedom and lightness and peace as, as we trust him. Not trying to hold on and control and ah, I got to control everybody and everything. So uh, let's release it today. So there you go. That's the encouragement. Uh, it's good for fantasy too, because we try to, <laughs> we get a little too bent out of shape uh, from, from uh, one o'clock until 11 o'clock on, on Sundays. That's for sure. Uh, set your lineup and let it go. Let it go. All right. So there you go. That's this week's breakout topic. And if you have not become a member of Fantasy Football Fellowship yet, there's still time. We got half the season ready to go. So check out fantasyfootballfellowship.com. All right, let's bring back Harrison, and, and we'll play a little uh, peace or panic. And, you know, we're getting closer to the midway point of the season. And, and so we're, you know, I think for the most part, we escaped injuries, major injuries this past weekend. But we still have a few things lingering. And as we saw last night, the Cincinnati Bengals struggled without Jamar Chase. And, and so it looks like he's only going to be out a couple of weeks, but what is your panic level for the Bengals over the next couple of weeks? And then also uh, kind of kind of moving forward, Harrison. Yeah, so I feel good about the Bengals for the next couple of weeks. I think they will bounce back from this loss to Cleveland. They play the Panthers, then they have their bye, and then they play the Steelers after that. So Panthers and Steelers defenses, even though they're competitive teams, haven't been great defenses so far this season. We just saw the Falcons go crazy against the Panthers offensively last week. So I think Joe Burrow will be able to figure it out. But after that, I was looking at their schedule. It is really tough. They have to play the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns again, Bucks, Bills, Ravens. Those are all really tough games for them. And then when they were just kind of exposed by the Browns last night, because the issue for them all season has been their offensive line. And if you watch that game, Joe Burrow had no time to throw in the pocket. And usually when he's under pressure, it's just, you know, I'm going to let it rip to Jamar Chase. He's out there somewhere. Jamar, go make a play. Well, Jamar's not out there anymore. Now maybe it takes Joe another second or two to, okay, I have to go to my other read. You know, I can't go to my guy that I trust every play. I think that really affected him last night. Um, now, obviously, they have some some cupcake games in a bye week, so they'll figure it out and move forward. So I think they'll be okay. But, you know, these next couple of weeks, I don't think Joe Burrow is someone who you should be looking to carry you in fantasy. I don't think 
Joe Mixon's wow. even someone who's going to look to carry you in fantasy because they're not going to be in a lot of positive game scripts. But when Jamar Chase comes back, everything will be fine and they'll be the Bengals again. But these next couple of weeks, maybe don't rely on the Bengals to be the ones winning your week for you, but they'll still be solid contributors. Without Jamar Chase, it's another reminder that these, these studs are carrying these offenses. And, and so when they're at their best, these teams are, are responding. So you know, like we talked about Tyree Kill and Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, and, and so you take Chase away. Oh, yeah, the Cincinnati's not the same team. Um, and, and so, I, yeah, I, I'm still like so dumbfounded by the whole quarterback situation this year. It's just been weird, but it's almost been these, these weapons that are carrying these offenses, and those weapons are also carrying our fantasy uh, teams as well. Uh, think about Kenneth Walker in Seattle. I mean, that's guy, we got to put him in stud category. That guy's that guy's unbelievable. I mean, he's gonna win some leagues this year. He might win the division for Seattle. And I still got San Francisco, but Seattle's right there uh with, with Kenneth Walker. So um, all right, let's go to another team and the panic meter for the Las Vegas Raiders. We've mentioned Derek Carr a couple of times, but Devontae Adams, he was a little uh, sick this week. I know the feeling. Uh, but Hunter, Hunter Renfro, non-factor this year. Zero. Zilch, probably droppable. Uh, Darren Waller uh, has done nothing. He's been killed me. Now he's been injured uh, in and out of the lineup, barely in the lineup. So as you can tell by my voice, it is true, full-on panic in Las Vegas. What about for you? I completely agree. I think Las Vegas is absolutely done for the season. Uh, I mean, this was a team where every week you're like, oh, well, you know, they lost a close game to another good team. Maybe they'll turn it around when they get an easier matchup. Or, oh, they didn't look too bad. Just, you know, some things didn't fall their way. They'll figure it out. I think this week really exposed them for being a bad team. They're not a good team. They only got over the 50-yard line into opponent's territory once and that was in garbage time versus the Saints. Derek Carr never stepped foot over the 50-yard line in that game, which is unbelievable to me. I mean, this was a t- so much talent. You have McDaniel's coming in from New England. He's going to bring a new explosive offense. Uh, Josh Jacobs looked good, and I I just don't know what happened. They've completely fallen apart. Yes, injuries are to blame, but again with the Bengals. We knew going into the season that the Raiders were going to have one of the worst offensive lines in football. That was really their only weakness on offense. And it's proven that offensive line probably is the most important position in fantasy we should be paying attention to because it doesn't matter how many great weapons you have. If you can't block and receivers can't get downfields on their routes before the quarterback's pressured, it doesn't matter if you have Devontae Adams or Darren Waller. It's going to be a sack or an incompletion every time, and we saw that this weekend. Absolutely. Very, very concerning. And we, we saw a couple of good games from Derek Carr, but it, it, it's hard to trust them. It, it really is. So uh, I'm, I'm out on them as well. All right. So the Detroit Lions, everybody's favorite team this year, right? Heading in thanks to hard knocks. And we've seen their offense really do well. And, and so we, we got to see uh, Amon Ra St. Brown bounce back this week. Pretty solid effort from, from him. But the, the panic meter has to be asked in regards to DeAndre Swift. Now, he was somebody that I was eager to take in the first round, uh, even over guys probably like Kamara, and I don't know if I would have taken him over Henry. Yeah, maybe. Um, so I was really high on Swift, but the injuries have you know added up this year, and he's missed some time. And then this past game, 
once again, Jamal Williams, the vulture, the vulture. I mean, he continues to take all the the, the red zone touches. So uh, what is your take on Swift moving forward? And also, you know, with the Lions continuing to kind of spiral downward. I mean, they're, they're competitive. They're in some games. They're putting up some points, but they're just not winning games. And so how does that how does that feel for you down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, we knew Jamal Williams was going to vulture a lot of touches at the beginning of the season. They said this. They showed it in hard knocks. We just didn't think he was going to vulture this many touches inside of the red zone. We thought they'd give at least a little bit to Swift. I think him and Swift are both very fantasy relevant. From a receiver standpoint on the team, they're going to be behind in games a lot. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. And Jared Goff can do that. He's shown that this season. Um, I think all the receivers are very valuable there. Whoever the one and two are, pretty much you can start them in your flex every week. And one guy that I think we've all forgotten about, who I'm not really sure when he's coming back, but it should be in a couple weeks. You know, if you if you are pretty much locked in for the fantasy playoffs, let's say you're six and two, seven and one, you got a really good team. Pick up Jamison Williams and stash him on your bench because he's a guy you're talking about explosive deep down the field threat. He is all of that and then some rookie coming out of Alabama. If he gets healthy right before the fantasy playoffs, kind of like Amon Ross St. Brown did last year for the Lions and they're losing games and throwing the ball over the yard. I mean, he could have some explosive fantasy performances at the end of the season for you and is pretty much available in every single league right now. All right, I'm not going to go against you with that. However, that also makes me really nervous. The idea that you would trust a rookie wide receiver on the Detroit Lions. Now, can they actually do that back-to-back years? Because St. Brown was awesome. So he came on kind of midway through the year and then finished all the way through. I, don't, I can't remember exactly how he did the final three weeks during the playoffs, but he was, he was a revelation uh, down the stretch. So the idea that they could do that again and hit on another wide receiver after all those years, Detroit, when, when they went uh, Roy Williams and uh, Carlos Raj, I mean, they were taking receivers in the first round and they were duds other than Calvin Johnson, of course. So anyway, uh, I, had to, I at least had to mention that, that side of that, uh, that take. So, um, all right, let's, uh, let's move to the waiver wire, though. Uh, at first glance, I'm not real excited about the waiver wire this week. I'm not overly anxious to go get somebody or, oh, I can't wait to get that guy. Uh, I will say I dropped Rashad Bateman. So that was our boy on the show. I officially dropped him. He's still probably the best guy available on waivers. Uh, but it was funny. I was going to mention this earlier during fantasy shenanigans, but one of the great thrills in fantasy is picking up the random no-name guy that goes off. And, and so, especially when that happens Sunday morning where you get that fantasy tip where you happen to check Twitter, you happen to get an, a fantasy update, and you're the first one to go jump on a waiver wire uh, claim because it's a free agent. And, and so, that happened to me. Uh, it was before church, and I got the, the, the Twitter update from Matthew Barry to go pick up Rivers. I can't even think of his first name. What was his, what was his first Ron, name? Ronnie Rivers. Great Ronnie name. Rivers. What a name. What a name. So Ronnie Rivers, the, the backup running back from the practice squad, getting activated on the Rams. So I went and picked him up, and I think I dropped Rashad Bateman in order to get him. And, and so he didn't really pan out. He got like seven fantasy points, which, you know, not terrible coming out of nowhere. But still, the thrill of going to grab him with the possibility that he shocks everybody was fun. So if you could get a couple of those during the season, uh, I love it. So 
as long as you don't drop somebody that's, you know, really legit. Uh, but anyway, I did that for Ronnie Rivers. I'm not sure it continues. And that leads into maybe the top guy on the waiver wire. So go ahead. Yeah, so I mentioned him a couple weeks ago when the Rams were on by. I said, I don't think Cam Akers is ever playing again. The team looks like they don't trust Henderson as their running back either, which showed this weekend by Ronnie Rivers becoming the starter pretty much overnight. Um, but Kyron Williams, I think he's really going to have a role, unless they trade for someone, of course, in this backfield. You know, fifth-round rookie, McVay hypes him up at every point he can get. He's been on the IR so far this season. But it was maybe he was activated last week. He looks like he's going to be activated this week. I don't think Ronnie Rivers is the answer, like you said, at a very pedestrian game, nine carries, 21 yards, not the best. I think Kyron Williams is going to come in and immediately be the number one running back in this LA offense, which we don't know how much that's worth because they've been struggling as an offense overall this year. But if you look at any past performances of guys like Henderson, Akers, Todd Gurley in this offense, Williams is a great player. He's a rookie. Go get him before he breaks out this week and everyone else is clamoring for him, spending their whole you know fab budget the next week trying to get him on their team. And then another guy who... Well, let me just say this. Okay. Or do the Rams just stink? And <laughs> other than Cooper Cup, it's just going to be a tough rest of the way. So that's you also have to factor that in. And hopefully this isn't the beginning of the injuries as well. Cooper Cup on a meaningless play as Kaz brought up. Uh, you know, that was a little silly toward the end of that game, Cooper Cup, and like a stupid play too. That was just a, a difficult situation where the defense is right on you. It's a short pass, and he got his ankle uh, banged up a little bit. He's day-to-day, but this is, he once you kind of get the dings, it's trouble. So anyway, that's my that's my concern with the Rams there to, uh, to consider as well. But uh, all right, who else on the waiver wire? Another guy who, you know, been injured for the all all year, big trade during the week, Kadarius Tony going to the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. Now, I was big on Kadarius Tony and the Giants in the offseason because I saw the talent. He's just, you know, an electrifying player with the ball in his hands. And I think the Chiefs saw that as well. I don't think they give up a third round pick to get him and then not use him. I think he immediately becomes involved in the offense, even if it's just, you know, a couple gadget plays the first couple of weeks. But I think by the time the fantasy playoffs come, he's going to have a real role in the Kansas City offense. Because when you look at his talent, I do not think it's an overreaction to say he is probably the closest thing to Tyree Kill that we have in the NFL right now besides Tyree Kill. Obviously, no one matches Tyreek Hill, but when you're talking about skill set, speed, elusiveness after the catch, he's he's the closest thing to him. Um, and the injury concerns, he kind of tweeted out, I, this was interesting, that, oh, I'm on Kansas City now? Yep, I'm off IR. I'm no longer injured. So I guess he was maybe milking it there a little bit with the coaching staff because he didn't want to play for the Giants, kind of forced a trade maybe. But if he truly is healthy and the player we saw glimpses of last year, in a Kansas City offense with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid scheming up ways to get in the ball, I mean, he could be fantastic towards the end of the season. Yes, absolutely. And unfortunately, I was only able to snag him in one league. Most people already had him. Most most leagues, somebody already had him. So they're they're loving life. I think I think that'll be a nice. It won't be every week, but you'll get some nice production out of him. It kind of it ends the excitement for Sky more. Doesn't seem like he'll be able to. Uh, there's no room for him at the moment. Uh, another rookie or you know, potential guy that, that could have seen a breakout toward the end of the season. Uh, Tony sort of squashes that a little bit. All right, last thing. Uh, we often talk about you know, players. Are they legit? And there are you know, four teams at this point in the season 
they've gotten off to good starts. And will they produce for fantasy managers the second half of the season? And so are these teams legit? I'll give you four. Tell me if any, any of them are legit. Jets, Giants, Seahawks, Falcons. Go. So Jets, I'm going to say no. I wanted them to be, but it turns out that Zach Wilson, from a fantasy perspective, is kind of a downgrade from Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco was just airing it out all over the place. Brees yep. Hall's injured now. I don't believe in the Jets' offense for the rest of the season, so I do not think they're legit. Looking at the Falcons, I think they are legit. I mean, this offense has weapons. You talk about Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Cordero Patterson's going to be coming back from injury. I think that's – you. Know, Demir Birds also had a couple big plays. Like they have playmakers in the offense. Marcus Mariota can get it done. I would not be surprised if they ended up winning this division in the NFC South. I mean, we're both yeah. out on pretty much all the other teams in the NFC South except for the Falcons. So I think you should go buy into them. And then another one, the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks also are a team that is very good. Geno continues to get it done. I mean, it's going to be hard to pick up weapons in the offense, like off the waivers, because pretty much just, uh, you know, DK, Tyler Lockett, and then Kenneth Walker are their main three guys. But if you can trade for one of those guys because, you know, someone's not so sure on the Seahawks, go get them. All three of them are going to be studs for the rest of the season, especially Lockett, Metcalf, and uh, Walker. I think they'd, they'd be great trade pieces to go target. Yeah, I'm still all in on Barkley with, with New York. Uh, can I trust Daniel Jones the second half of the season? I'm still not there yet. I'm still not there for, from a fantasy standpoint, uh, him delivering week in, week out. So, uh, I agree. but yeah, but the Falcons, I, Tyler Algier, I started him this week. He was great. So I was, I was happy. I know they the just, they have so many playmakers that we kind of forget about are actually on the team. And actually there's, Oh wait, they have Kyle Pitts, even though he hasn't really done much. Yeah. He's, he's on, they have a top 10 wide receiver. They have a productive rookie running back. They have Cordero Patterson. I mean, it's it's all there for them to be successful. And their Arthur Smith had great success with mediocre quarterbacks like Ryan Tannehill in, in Tennessee. So I think it's all really coming together for them this year. I've been very impressed with Atlanta. They, now, the Panthers gave them the game on Sunday. So don't get me started. I talked about that on yesterday's show. Uh, but that was disappointing, of course, for, for the Panthers. But DJ Moore, baby, looking good. So he was back in my starting lineup this week. Uh, so that was encouraging for sure. All right, Harrison, great stuff. Uh, thanks to everybody listening today. Uh, this is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare. And Lord willing, we'll be back next Tuesday live, 1045-ish uh, a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. And uh, you can also check out the Unpacking It Live podcast on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern. And so love being with you each week. And I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan and a fantasy manager who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy managers who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. And as we talked about during the breakout, let's let go of control. God is in control. Let's trust him. And uh, let, let, we don't have to worry and fear and get all bent out of shape if we just uh, let go and trust. So uh, keep, keep it going, keep it going, and uh, we'll talk to you soon right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare. 